Good morning, my name is Jane Dorman. And if you've been attending White Oak for some time, I'm sure many of you have met my husband, Brian. Brian and I met at Asbury University in 2006. He was a senior dedicated to finishing his final year of college strong, and I was a junior trying to figure out my next right thing. Brian and I would spend many dates driving around, going to the big city of Lexington, Kentucky to hang out at our favorite coffee shop. One day we were driving back to campus, blaring the radio when a popular Kelly Clarkson song came on the radio. Now I'm a fan of Kelly Clarkson, Brian tolerated it. Well, he tolerated it up until this line that came across that I belted out. Are you gonna fight for me, die for me, live and breathe for me? Do you care for me? Cause if you don't, then just leave. I'll never forget it. When Brian looked me in the eye, grabbed my hand and said, no. Now ladies, I know what you're thinking. How dare you? Admittedly, I was shocked by his response as well. How committed was he to this relationship? I'm not sure if Brian could detect my spiraling, but he got a clue he needed to explain himself. He said, I like you, Jane, but my life doesn't revolve around this one relationship. Both of our lives are bigger than that. For once in my life, I was speechless. Ladies in the room, listen up. If you're single and ready to mingle, get yourself a man that makes you think and reminds you his relationship with God is the most important thing in his life. Because though it felt harsh in the moment, Brian spoke a truth to me that I needed to hear. All my life, I've been obsessed with this idea of finding love in relationships that last forever. I would daydream about it. I would get sucked into relationship story arcs on my favorite TV shows, hashtag Corey and Topanga. I'm a sucker for romantic comedies. They don't even have to be Oscar worthy. I see you Hallmark movie watchers. I love love. But are we seeing the whole picture of what true love is and how well it influences the way we love each other in our relationships? The next four weeks, we're going to be taking a deep dive into God's original design for relationships and reframe the meta-narrative culture has ingrained into us. God loves love. In fact, the Bible tells us God is love, and it's from that love that we're created. If you turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 1, we discover that creation started with relationship. The Trinity, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit are in constant relationship together since the beginning of time itself. And it was through that relationship that our very existence was created. Genesis 1, 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Have you ever stopped to wonder who the hour is in this scenario? In the beginning, in the Genesis account of God's creation story, we see that being created in the image of God not only encompasses our physical being, but our mental, emotional, and spiritual being as well. We are reflections of God's glory. Every single human being is an echo of God's good creation. We were created to be in relationship with God Jesus and Holy Spirit. We were also created to be in relationship with one another. God even says in Genesis 2.18, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Our desire and capacity to be in relationship with one another is at the core of our being. We long and desire to be in relationship so we could create and build God's kingdom on earth alongside each other. Relationships matter. Since we were created for relationship, it would make sense to conclude that God has a specific design for the relationships we have in our daily lives. Unfortunately, 
we're served a meta-narrative by our broken culture that contradicts the original design of God's good creation. Not only that, but the current season of these pandemical times have heightened the damage the cultural narrative has done to our relationships, so much so that social scientists are saying it will take 10 years to recover and uncover the unknown damage that has been done by COVID-19. That is why the leadership at White Oak believes it's time to flip the script and re-examine the original narrative God lays out for us in regards to relationships in the Bible. If we want to move together in leading people to full life in Jesus, then it's time for us to truly understand what it means to live in a beloved community. As we begin this conversation about God's original design of relationships, we want you to keep this big idea at the forefront as we create and cultivate a culture of love. If we continue to get love wrong, we will never get Christianity right. And it's the good news of the gospel that our world desperately needs now. We are searching and engaging relationships through the lens of a broken narrative that has been ingrained in us so deeply that we don't even realize our missteps or misunderstanding. It's time to challenge each other to take inventory of the false narratives we believe and reframe it with the truth narrative of the Bible. So let me ask you, how would you define love? Take a moment and think about it. I bet that if we compared our notes, we would have different responses. Google is loaded with them, but we all feel it inside of us, don't we? A desire to belong, a desire to be chosen, a longing to find love and relationship with others only to find it doesn't feel like it is enough, or that intense feeling of connection eventually dulls over time, telling you it's time to thank you next and say goodbye. Take a look at one of the highest grossing romantic dramas, Titanic, for instance. According to IMDb, this movie released in 1997 grossed almost $2.19 billion. Do you know how many minds that is capturing? Titanic, the epic love story of Jack, a poor artist and Rose, a proper woman betrothed to someone else. They meet on the ship, fall in love instantly, and get busy in the backseat of a car in the expanse of three days. And we eat this up. Now, don't get me wrong here. I know I'm paraphrasing a four hour movie to four sentences, and I'm not promoting cancel culture by any means. If you love Titanic, that's fine. But I want you to be aware of the meta narrative you are being served by our culture and how inadequate this idea of love is in comparison to God's original design and definition of love. Here's the definition our culture continues to sell us. Love is an emotion that keeps people bonded and committed to one another. We see this play out when Sam and Jonah Baldwin meet Annie Reed on the top of the Empire State Building for the first time on Valentine's Day. We sing a prayer of desperation, staring at the mirror in three-part harmony. Find me somebody to love. Find me somebody to love. We post and we obsess over likes and follows on social media like it's our day job. We look for it in our secret addictions like pornography, trying to fill a void or lusty desire. 
culture has done us a disservice in defining love. We are all in pursuit to find belonging, to be seen, to be found complete by others. This is the greatest lie we've bought into as human beings. Not only is it a lie we've bought into, I would argue it's an idea that has been ingrained into us so much so that we don't even realize that what we're pursuing will never be the love we are truly looking for or created to experience. So why do we buy into this cultural definition of love? I think it's because in our finite mind, we are looking to make sense of this concept of love so we can simplify it and control it. We want God to lay out a map of instructions or detailed description of what love looks like. But instead of a map, God weaves us a mystery. Mystery scares us. The Greeks, they have a term for the greatest love. It's called agape. This type of love is usually accompanied with the definition of God's love for us. Agape is described as sacrificial and selfless and unconditional. All are characteristics of God. Yet, in our pursuit of love, especially when we become followers of Jesus, we come to learn that God's design for love is not a natural concept. It is only fully embraced supernaturally by means of the Holy Spirit. When we look at Galatians 5, Paul writes that the spirit and the flesh are in constant conflict with each other. The flesh desires what our culture serves us, and the spirit calls us to a better way to live. Galatians 5, starting in verse 19, it says, The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sound familiar? Acts of the flesh are obvious because our finite minds can comprehend this enticing way of living. In our brokenness, it comes naturally. But as we read further in this passage, we learn the kind of fruit we could bear if we allow Holy Spirit to transform and guide our lives. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. When we live by the Spirit, we produce fruits of the Spirit. The first one of those listed is love. We need to wrap our heads around this idea that love is supernatural meaning that we aren't even able to fathom this concept of love on our own account. Love is a much grander concept than our minds were meant to truly comprehend. God's truth of love is this. Love is a supernatural, ongoing pursuit we grow deeper in only after we discover that God is the love we are searching for the whole time.
we cannot give what we have not yet received. Meaning that in order to experience the full expression of Christ's love, we must take the first step and accept it. It's after we come into a personal relationship with Christ that we realize that this love he offers is a lifetime of fervent pursuit. If we want to make true impact in our communities and lead people to full life in Christ, we need to move together with love at the center of all we do. Well, what does a beloved community by God's design look like? Let's go ahead and flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Through Jesus' example and the empowerment of Holy Spirit, we're able to embody Christ's love and multiply our relational impact through God's power of love. Love is defined as follows, starting in verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I want to be a part of that community. We are living in such a crucial time in history. People are desperately seeking connection and relationship. What if God used our community of White Oak Christian Church to be a demonstration of excellence in love? Can you imagine what God could do practicing his supernatural love through you? Like I said earlier, in order to be the embodiment of Christ's love, we need to receive it first. We can only fully know, experience, and grow in this definition of love after we have entered a covenantal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you're curious what that means, it means surrendering your life to Christ's authority and inviting him to reign in your heart. By surrendering your life, you're giving God permission to sit on the throne of your personal kingdom so he can rule it and transform your life. This is a moment of posturing ourselves before our creator in humility and embracing God's grace. Once we have accepted Christ's gift of love and we've stepped into relationship with him, it's time to get to know God personally so he can transform your heart. We need to spend time daily with Christ so he can cultivate and transform your broken heart into a new heart. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. God is in the business of new, and he wants to radically change the way you live and love. But we can only do that when we're open to receive. When we open ourselves, receive his love, then we can pour out the unconditional love God pours in 
till it overflows and pours out to impact others. In other words, we know love when we spend time with love because Jesus is love. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 13 again, but this time I'm gonna replace the word love with the name of Jesus. Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. Jesus is not arrogant or rude. Jesus does not insist on his own way. Jesus is not irritable or resentful. Jesus does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus bears all things. Jesus believes all things. Jesus hopes all things. Jesus endures all things. This is the perfect picture of love. This is the love and relationship experience the world is desperately seeking. And you can access this today and every day of your life hereafter if you choose to follow Jesus and accept his free gift of grace. Our response to this love is laid out for us in 1 John 4 verses 7 through 8, which says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. We are on mission to bring the kingdom of God to earth and spread the news of his transformational love like wildfire across this globe. When we are transformed by love, we are able to see the image of God in everyone. The current polarized nature of our culture is dangerous. It is very easy to dehumanize people just because they have a different opinion or vision or life experience. Let me remind you that for every person you reject or cast aside or look down upon as less than or refer to as they in your conversations, you're doing that to the face of God. The mark of a true beloved community immersed in love is that of diversity unified in Jesus. Love makes space for understanding. Becoming love transforms how we engage the world. Every single person is a creation crafted for a purpose by the hands of God, our creator. Let me ask you for a moment to imagine what it would look like if we were a community that revealed the love of Christ with excellence and the way we engaged in relationship with one another. 2 Corinthians 2.15 says, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. You know, every time I read this verse, I think of the tantalizing smell of fresh-baked banana bread. True story, my mom makes the best banana bread. If you asked her, she would be all humble about it and say it was nothing, but let me tell you, there was nothing like coming home after a long day of high school 
to the aroma of fresh baked banana bread. I couldn't get enough of it. I felt like I was at home. We need to be the intoxicating smell of banana bread for the world. If we're to reach the next generation who are living in a post-Christian society, then we need to exude the aroma of Christ's love seeping through every pore of our body. What would it look like for you to love in such a way that as we walk by, people would do a double take and say, I want to be a part of that community. What would this look like or smell like in our relationships? We have been called to excellence in the way we engage the world in love. In John 13, 35, it says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. When we engage in relationship with Christ, as followers of Christ Jesus, we're commanded to engage the broken world around us. Jesus isn't looking for converts. Jesus is looking for followers. Ask yourself this, and I want you to write this down. How are you engaging the world? I know this is scary and it can be uncomfortable. It's much more appealing to show up to church once a week. Maybe we serve in the children's ministry or on the hub team, which is all good things. But let me remind you that Jesus didn't just come to earth so we could build clubs of exclusivity. He came to earth and died so that every single person he created could encounter the supernatural, transformative love of Christ. So I'm going to ask you again because it is so important. How are you engaging our broken world. First John 4 lays down the groundwork of how we should respond when transformative love changes us. First John chapter 4 verses 16 and 19 says, so we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Love transforms us so we can transform the world with the light of God's love. Our culture needs a different narrative. Throughout this series, we're going to reframe our relationships through the lens of love. Remember the big idea. If we continue to love wrong, we will never get Christianity right. Here are three action steps to take this week. Action step one, we cannot give love until we have received love. If you're here today and you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, we invite you to connect with us so we can have a conversation with you in regards to baptism. 
I want to take a moment right now and pray for Holy Spirit to guide you in this life-changing next step. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are love and that you love us unconditionally. And I ask right now, if someone is watching today who has not taken this first step with you, that you would stir their spirit, Father. We ask that you would just awaken inside the longing of love and that they would meet it in relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer today or want to learn more, I encourage you to connect with us today by emailing our lead pastor, Nathan Hinkle, at the address below. Action step two, maybe you've received the love of Jesus, but you haven't experienced the transformative nature of supernatural love because you haven't surrendered to Jesus as king of your life. If you're that person, I wanna say that it is never too late to come back to God. He is eagerly waiting for you to invite him back into the transformative process of his love. If you feel like this is you, like you're ready to go all in on God's love and ready for this active transformation to take place in your life, then I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. Heavenly Father, you are Lord, you are creator God, and I am the created. Lord, I confess that I've gone astray from your way. I've turned to others and to things of this world to fill a void in me that only you can fill. Father, please forgive me. I lay down my crown of my kingdom and I surrender it to your authority today. Transform me with your love. Amen. If that was you today and you prayed a prayer of recommitment, I want to say we are here for you and we are cheering you on as you continue to pursue God's love and transform your heart. If you would like to connect with us, feel free to email our lead pastor, Nathan Hinkle, at the address below. Action step three, and this last step is for everyone. I want you to take time this week to take inventory of how you have come to understand the meaning of love in your life experience. I want to encourage you to make space this week for introspection and think about the meta-narratives of love that are ingrained in you. Write them out. Next, I want to encourage you to tune into our Facebook pages this week as we will be encouraging and challenging you to think through and discuss what it means to engage and love others through relationship. We want to interact with you on social media to encourage your navigation as we process God's original design for relationships. Remember, if we continue to get love wrong, we will never get Christianity right. And I believe that when we name the lie we believe, we're able to look it square in the face and reframe it. When we embrace the fullness of God's definition of love, we will be able to move together in love to help each other and our surrounding community to connect others on the path to full life in Jesus. Have a great week.